This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So this week, um, something... I was a little confused on what to talk about this week just because not a ton has been going on. I mean, the playoffs are here. Obviously, we're in the conference finals at this point. But none of the games have been interesting. The ones that I've tuned into have been absolutely just boring, which I hate because conference finals times, it should be competitive. First round, I understand there's going to be blowouts. 100%, I get that. But when every day has a blowout, it's just something that you don't want to watch. And, I mean, we'll see if the Mavericks, if they'll stay alive tonight. I doubt it. I think the Warriors will just go to the finals. But um, we got to get Lucas some help down in Dallas. And then uh, Celtics need to close out on Friday. So we will see what happens with that. But um, I was going, I was just perusing through YouTube, as I do. And, um... I see this clip from Dan Patrick saying, um, is Stephen Curry like top 10 all time? And I was a little confused because to me, it's obvious because when I, I do a top 10 different from everyone, everyone tries to look at stats and all that, but it's like, you can't do that. It's different eras. Some of these guys who you're trying to compare didn't even know what a three pointer was. So kind of tough to always do that. I do it based on importance to the game, and they're trying to say, like, well, you know, Steph Curry's going to have two MVPs. Um, This would be his third champion, no, his fourth championship, and they're assuming he's going to get finals MVP this year, although he hasn't yet, which is one of the more confusing things, but when you look at it, it's... You kind of look back on it and you're like, did Andre Iguodala really get the MVP or I don't know. But um, I was debating some stuff going in my head, asking different people like, and hearing their thoughts. And um, I'm just going to do my top 10 based on importance to the game just because and there's a million ways to go go into this. Like, I'm going to go through all these guys' stats. I'm going to look at all their accolades. It's just like, come on. You, you just think about it. If you really do think about it, it's just, is this guy better than this guy? In terms of, do you even remember his name that you're debating with him against? Just because some people, they're just into obscurity. And it's it pains me with some people, as I think... A lot of people know. I will always vouch for Alex English as one of the better as one of the best players of all time, just because he led the entire '80s in scoring. That's kind of insane when you think about who all played in the '80s, and Alex English led them all in scoring. Pretty good. He's always into obscurity, but I mean, there's guys where it's like if you're talking top ten, you got to recognize them for what they did, and you know most of things about them. So, I got my top ten here. I also have some. Honorable mentions that will de- that I will debate on and why I'll say why I kept them out of my top ten. But um yeah, let's go ahead and jump into it. 
All right, this might go a little quick just because uh, there's thunderstorms in my area and my house uh, lost power a couple times yesterday during thunderstorms. So um, if power goes out, I lose all this. So I'm going to try and hurry up with it. Um, number one, obviously I have MJ. I mean, who wouldn't have MJ? I mean, just someone, obviously the greatest of all time. And I think there's a debate to it, but I... I don't know. It's just one of those things where I do have a, there is a debate for, but all the same time, I don't think that I just still think Jordan, but I think there is a debate, but, um, yeah, I mean, just in importance to the game, just everyone knows his name. Everyone wants to be like Mike, the Gatorade commercials, Jordan's just an insane amount of products that were sold mcdonald's space jam all because of jordan people like think that like the space jam is a good movie and it's like people were trashing on the lebron space jam which i still haven't seen but if you go back and watch the original space jam it's like not that good (laughs) like honestly it's kind of bad i mean it has all the Looney Tunes stuff in it. I mean, Michael Jordan's in it. Obviously, it's going to succeed, but it's just like, I think more people are just saying, like, it was important to the culture, which Space Jam is wildly popular in culture, but I mean, it's not that good of a movie. But, um, Jordan really turned things around when it came to marketing people. Like, with when Bird and Magic came in, we'll talk about them later on. They kind of started like, hey, let's market individuals instead of teams. Then Jordan comes in. He goes to Nike saying uh, that he wants his signature shoe. And people are like, okay, you're crazy. No one, no rookie gets a signature shoe. And they did it. And it's the most popular shoe of all time. Just insane amounts. And then. And people, people will knock him for, you know, the whole media thing. Not really wanting to talk to the media there for a little bit. But, I mean, you can't really blame him. You were all over him. And I think that's why he's there. Just because I haven't seen anyone in get swarmed as much as Michael Jordan does in media. Because he was everywhere. Like, if you could talk about him at any juncture, junction, you were going to. There was just no debate on it. It's like, uh, we have an injury in football or we have Michael Jordan. Oh, let's go Michael Jordan. That's our A. That's our A1. But just one of those things where an an incredible talent and just one of those things where you can't deny it. I mean, the last dance boomed. And I understand it was quarantine. No one was doing anything except watching the last dance and Tiger King. But, I mean, I was going to watch The Last Dance regardless. I remember when they announced it. Sorry, I just got a phone call. Um, I remember when they announced The Last Dance. This was, it was early 2020. I think, like, it was announced in, like, February. Or at least that's when I first saw it. And I was like, oh, that's going to be a good one. And I was like, man, ten parts? That's going to be, that's going to be a lot. That's going to be a stretch. But, um, everyone was asking for more. Just because we hadn't heard 
anything like that from Michael Jordan, at least that intimate or explaining why he did what he did for 20 years. And he's still, even without having like all that media attention around him and all that, just still able to, everyone knew he was the best. Like just because like my parents would always say it. Other people like around my age, their parents would say it. And it, it was just something to where if you watch it in person, you were very lucky because he was insane. And I'm trying to look over my bookshelf right now. I have, I think, two books on Michael Jordan. Well, there's a lot that include him. Like the Dream Team, Tip Off, which is about the 84 draft. Uh, yeah, but I have uh, Michael Jordan The Life by Roland Lazenby. And, um, where was he on? Oh, The Jordan Rules by Sam Smith. I picked that up after Last Dance. I think I found it for like 10 bucks on Amazon or something like that. It's a little, uh, like, pocketbook. The thing is huge. It's like, it's probably like 600 pages just because it's not meant to be a pocketbook. But, um, yeah, just Jordan's number one. I mean, what do you want me to say? There's just no way around it in importance to the game. I mean, if it wasn't a trademark infringement, the Jordan logo would be the NBA's logo. No question about it to me. Uh, number two, I had Kareem. I mean, number one all-time in scoring, doing it on the Showtime Lakers, I mean, very good in Milwaukee as well. And, I mean, you can't really include his UCLA career, but he was um, pretty dang good at UCLA. Um, yeah, just Kareem, number two in my opinion. I, for a long time, would just to, like, be different would say Kareem was the best of all time. And people couldn't really argue me on that just because... He was the best center in the league when it was dominated by centers. And it's just... And I think that there's more of a debate where it's like, well, the true like best centers were in the 90s. Kareem didn't play in the 90s. But, I mean, come on. He scored 38,000 points on a, on a hook shot that we have very few instances of it being blocked. I think Wilt got it a couple times and just insane so and just and also all the stuff that I think he did off the court as well goes into this which I mean I did it for Jordan as well with marketing but I mean Kareem always being able to stand up for what he believed or what he believes and just one of the just great people in basketball that you can like, if you go watch interviews on Kareem, he's very thoughtful in what he says. He's very well-spoken. Um, he's just an amazing player, great person. When he's gone, it will be a sad day in the world of basketball, in the world of sports, just because Kareem means so much to so many people. And if it was, like... I cried the day that John Wooden died. I'll definitely cry the day that Kareem will. 
just because they're so those two are forever linked with each other Wooden and Kareem just because of what they did at UCLA and all they accomplished and all that Wooden did to advance Kareem's career by giving him tips on the hook shot so one of those things where you can't just overlook and be like, oh, yeah, he's most all-time in scoring. It was like, who did he play against? Uh, he kind of played against a lot of very good centers. Played against Wilt. Played against Bill Walton when he was in his prime. Just Dave Cowens. Played against a lot of really good people and killed them every time. Um, in terms of... I'm also going to count this into like what books I have on them because I have a pretty good book collection. Um, I have one of him, one by Kareem. It's uh, Wooden and Me. I need to get more Kareem books, just because he's one of those individuals where you're like, I you got, I have to read more on this guy. Uh, number three and four. I mean, they're kind of interchangeable. I did an episode on it a couple weeks ago. Bird and Magic. I have Bird number three. Like I said, or a couple weeks ago, I'm probably a little biased towards because I'm from Indiana. But um, this is one of those things in the Dan Patrick video they were debating on if Curry was to be in the top 10, which I think he is, but they were saying if he was, who would come out? And Dan Patrick said, I think Bird is, expend is expendable. And he was talking with Reggie Miller, and Reggie's like, there are two people who are guaranteed a spot in the top 10, and it's Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. <laughs> it's like, you can't take Larry out. And, and there's no other way to talk. I, I literally did a oh, an entire episode on it. Here's what you need to know about them. They, basketball exists because, them, because of them. Basketball is still around and is one of the more popular sports in the world because of them. No more questions. I mean, two names are, there are a few names that are as connected with each other in, I don't know, like culture, like Simon and Garfunkel, Sonny and Cher, Magic and Bird. Just... It just doesn't get... There's very few people to where you can say... Like, they're good on their own. But when they're together... When they're mentioned in the same breath... That's what it's all about. So I have Bird and Magic. And also, I mean... Magic is just magic. He's just so enigmatic and just... Unbelievably charismatic... But I talked about that in a couple weeks ago in that episode, so listen to that one if you haven't. Um, number five, I have Bill Russell. Now, people, here's the thing. People are going to say, well, I thought, well, here's my reasoning. Eleven rings. Well, I thought rings didn't matter. Okay, rings don't matter in a sense of debating who's better than others. But when you're the greatest winner in the history of sports as a player... Yeah, I think you deserve to be the top ten, top five in your sport. It's just, 
an unbelievable 11 and 13. 11 rings in 13 years. Some of them coming at the twilight of his career where he just wasn't the same person. And it's this goes the same with Kareem. All that he did off the court is extremely impressive. And even stuff breaking barriers on the court, becoming the first African-American head coach when Red Auerbach hands the reins over to him as a player coach. Just when you have the faith of Red Auerbach, you're pretty good at what you do and you know a lot. He's in the Hall of Fame as a player and a coach. Bill Russell is just one of those guys. And if him and if Wilt was still alive, could you imagine all the stuff that would like all the interviews that would go on between them, between the two of them? Because, I mean, they would give each other crap all the time. But, man. Russell, I mean, the NBA final, the finals MVP trophy is named after Bill Russell. Bill Russell is at every NBA finals to give, to hand that trophy off. Maybe not the past couple, because I, f- I know that he, um, well, he didn't go to the NBA 75 event because... COVID. But I mean, he's always there on the stage. Very, like, few people get to be on that NBA final stage. It's the commissioner of the league, the team that won, like, one reporter from ESPN, and Bill Russell. Not Michael Jordan, not Larry Bird, not Magic Johnson, not Kareem. Bill Russell. Incredibly important to the game and one of the more defensive specialists like ever. Like his, all the blocks he would get, the steals, he was pretty fast too for a 6'9 center. Unbelievable. Russell is just, he's up there. There's no question. Next I have Tim Duncan. Now... After a top five, the order is a little shaky. We'll see. But number six, I have Tim Duncan. I had to have a power forward in there. He's the best power forward of all time, even though he kind of played at the center position. But, I mean, he started out as a power forward playing alongside David Robinson. So, I'm putting him as a power forward. Had to have a power forward. It's Tim Duncan. The fundamentals are insane with him. And I know that that's like the most 85-year-old saying I could ever say. But man, if you go back and look at Tim Duncan's like highlight packages, the fundamentals are there. He was nasty, though, <laughs> sometimes. like he, he put on the moves on some guys. I think he goes underrated as a great defensive player because I think that a lot of people will say in a debate for best power forward of all time is between Duncan and KG. And, you know, you throw in Carl Malone in there, Charles Barkley and all that. But um, with Tim Duncan, everyone just goes, oh, yeah, well, KG has Tim Duncan beat in defense by a mile. And you're like, well, hold on. Like, he was pretty good on a defensive end. And I think longevity also goes into it. I mean, 
winning the championship in 2015, no, 2014 against the Heat after losing to them the year before. Pretty good. And just crazy, 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 crazy how, like, people go, oh, he's just a fundamental guy. He's like, people, I think people know him more for the bank shot from grown-ups than anything. But the way that that team worked together and it just fit so perfectly in Popovich's system. And, I mean, I don't know if Popovich was like, he's definitely not an all-time coach without Tim Duncan. I think Tim Duncan works in any system. I really do. He's just one of those guys where, He'll figure out the game plan and all that, and he will work it to a T. Yeah, but I have Tim Duncan just best power forward of all time. had to be on this list. Next up is someone who, it sounds weird saying this, but when you think about it, when's the last time you thought about this person? Someone who I think goes very underrated today. Dr. J, Julius Irving. Now, again, you're kind of thinking, what? I mean, it's, he's the doctor. What are you talking about? When's the last time you, like, heard Dr. J in, like, a serious conversation for, like, one of the better players of all time? Because, like, when you when I think Dr. J, the first thing that comes to mind for me is dunk contest. That's all I th- That's That's the first thought. But if you go in his playing career, I mean, winning... I mean, going to the finals against the Blazers in 77, winning the finals in 83, going to the finals in 80, these were very good teams, and all because Dr. J was their number one guy. And I mean, when most Malone came in in 83, that took them over the hump. But Dr. J... Is incredible, and also let's not forget his ABA career, where the NBA probably doesn't exist as we know it without Dr. J being in the ABA. Because when the ABA wanted to merge with the NBA, the doctor was all that the NBA wanted. Like someone who was perfect, be like, man, he's high flying, and all that. But I mean, people didn't really like that style of basketball back then. But we won't talk about that because. It's so stupid to think that people will be like, oh, this playground ball. It's high flying. It's above the rim. What are you talking about? Anyway, but the Nets, they were always in contention in the ABA just because of the doctor. There was no one else on those Nets teams that are like, that's very popular or someone that you could probably recognize or in Dr. J. It was like, it's the Pacers, the Spurs, the Nets, the Colonels were in contention a lot. The Nuggets, I mean, they made it into the NBA, but I think that was just because David Thompson was there that one year. Well, they also had Dan Essel. And I think they had Bobby Jones. You know what? The Nuggets were pretty good. The Nuggets were nasty back in the NBA. So, um, yeah, Dr. J, just one of those guys where you don't think about him. You hear his name, but I don't think you get it. 
especially for like people my age where it's like, yeah, yeah, I've heard of Dr. J. It was like, but do you understand who Dr. J is and why he, and why you know his name? Why is he so important? It's not because he was in the first ever dunk contest. I will tell you that. Just, and I have the Sports Illustrated cover somewhere. I gotta dig and find it. I, it's in a binder somewhere. Uh, I have that Sports Illustrated cover of Dr. J and Dave Cowens on the cover when with the merger for ABA and NBA. He was the ABA. There's just no other way around it. And it's one of those things where if the NBA doesn't uh, merge with the ABA, the NBA doesn't exist. If the doctor isn't in the ABA, the NBA doesn't exist because they're not merging with the ABA. And just all those stories of the ABA, a lot of them have to do with the doctor where it's like, they're almost mythical. Like you, you're like, there's no way that actually happened. And yeah, just Dr. J incredible player. Um, someone who, who he's in the media quite a bit. I don't think people realize that he's always willing. There's a documentary on him from uh, NBA entertainment. Uh, just, he's always around and you'll always hear him always open for interviews. Um, but I just don't think people listen to him as much. So, um, Dr. J you definitely need to, uh, look up more than what he did other than just dunking the ball. Number eight, uh, I had LeBron just because, yeah, I felt like I had to have him in there. It was almost, I was pressured by what people thought. <laughs> I was pressured by what people would think if I didn't have LeBron in a top 10. But I mean, LeBron, he, he is important to the game. He really is starting in high school with that sports illustrated cover when he's dubbed as a chosen one, which by the way, one of my goals is that I want to, like, it's not really a goal. It's something that I want to have. It's like a bucket list, kind of. I want to own every Sports Illustrated basketball cover. I have an entire list. I made a spreadsheet on it, which I don't even like doing spreadsheets. But um, I have that, and I lo I've looked up every single one on Amazon. The LeBron one is like $1,000. <laughs> and... Sports Illustrated, I mean, it was pretty popular back in 2002, so I felt like there's still quite a bit of copies out there. It is like a th it's a thousand dollars. So that's one that I may never get unless, unless if I'm very stupid with my money or I am very secure, uh, I will own that someday. Probably, I don't know. Um, yeah, but I mean, being dubbed as the chosen one, having all that pressure on him, in which, at, to that point, a uh, high schooler on the cover Sports Illustrated, it happened a few times before, but none of them really made it. Like, I always say Rick Mount was the first uh, high school athlete on Sports Illustrated cover, which is true. But if you're not a Purdue fan or you're not from Indiana, you don't know who Rick Mount is. Just because, like, he didn't do that well in the NBA or the ABA. He was on the Pacers in the ABA. He was on the Colonels in the ABA. Just never really worked out. There's a couple more guys that I uh, can't remember who they are. Well, that's the thing. That was the thing. It's like, I don't know who they are. They didn't succeed. They didn't do that good. 
And even like afterward, not that many people have done that good when they got on the cover of Sports Illustrated in high school. Sebastian Telfair was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was at uh, Lincoln. Jabari Parker was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I mean, he's okay, but no LeBron. And I mean, that's a high expectation. Well, you know, LeBron's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I bet people, there's like a whole SI jinx thing. And I, I'm surprised LeBron didn't like tear his ACL the day after that photo was taken for Sports Illustrated. But he's just someone who's always in contention for second best of all time. I know it sounds crazy. LeBron at number eight. Again, we're talking importance to the game. The thing that LeBron brings to the table is the unbelievable longevity for the athleticism that he has. It's something that might take him over the top when it comes to Michael Jordan in the greatest of all time debate. If LeBron can keep up what he is doing for another five years, it has to it has to come into play. Just because of such a high flyer that he is, and he's one of those guys where every time I see like an athletic guard, I get scared just because of Derrick Rose. And, like, Russell Westbrook and all those guys. And, like, John Morant. I, I'm just scared when I see them go up for a dunk just because, well, Derrick Rose did that in 2011. That didn't really work out. But, um, he LeBron's one of those guys where you look at him and he's super athletic and I'm not scared for him. Like, even Zion Williamson I'm scared for whenever I see him jump like that. And, I mean, it's justified. He's been injured for... Two years now. But it's just one of those where you see LeBron go up and you're just going, oh man, I can't wait to see what he does in air. Not like, I hope he lands right. It's never been a question for him. And also with the stuff he's done off the court, building schools, um, very well outspoken, just, and very well spoken as well. Just, um, he's done a lot. For culture, someone who is probably the most, he's 100% the most recognizable name in sports today. Uh, And it's a very good debate for all time as well. The shoes that he has, I mean, I don't own any, but I mean, they're like the most popular shoe on the market, like for a current player today. Just very well, um. Just a, I mean, great player, no question about it, but also, like, his marketing strategy is wildly impressive, and his social media following is also incredibly impressive. So, yeah, I got LeBron at number eight, just one of those guys where, um, you had to have him on the list, and it's just tough because he's always compared to Jordan all the time that it's tough to um it's tough to find his significance to the game but LeBron 100% now number nine this is where I have Stephen Curry just because when I said that it wasn't a question to me that Steph Curry was top 10 and this was before even this past season where he became the greatest shooter of all time 
by numbers. Everyone knew he was the greatest shooter of all time. Like, it wasn't a question. Like, ever since, like, 2015, 2016, 2015 was, like, his coming out where it was his coming out party where he just, he was just killing everyone. The Warriors win the championship. And then 2016 happens. He's a unanimous MVP. Not rare. I mean, sorry, very rare. I didn't mean to say not rare. Uh, very rare accomplishment. Probably, I think he is the only one. May uh, Check me on that. I think he's the only one. And just him and the Splash Brothers just shooting everyone out of the building. And I heard this thing. I think it was uh, Jason Concepcion when he was at the ringer. Um when he was doing NBA desktop, which was like the greatest show ever. I loved watching it. Um, he equated Stephen Curry to whenever Stephen Curry's open, it sounds like someone is walking out into traffic <laughs> because like of all the screams people have when he's left wide open. Just, I love that analogy so much. And um, because you leave him open, you're done for. Like, that's with it with most NBA players, but when he does it, like, he's doing the turnaround, the shimmy, biting the mouth guard all at the same time, and, and, and it's, like, the second after release, so you're like, dude, what are you, what have you missed? And he never does! When he does the shimmy, he knows! People get clowned on. Kemba Walker still gets clowned on for doing the shimmy and then missing it. He, like, relentlessly... It happened like four or five years ago now. And people still won't shut up about it. Stephen Curry knows. And then, just obviously the greatest shooter of all time. No question about it. And the amount of press that he gets. Like, on social media, he is everywhere. Like, he's just been all over the place. To me, it was no question he was top 10. It was just how high is he? And here I have number 9, but it could go up. My, It wasn't a question of is he top 10. It's a question of how far can he go? How high can he get? Just because when you shoot like he does, we've never seen a point guard shoot like this, by the way. For someone who coming into the league, we had no idea if his ankle would be able to survive like overall 82 game seasons, regular seasons. And then for him to do what he does and then become the greatest shooter of all time, like in the record book, total insanity. And it's one of those things where you see those guys who go off of March Madness and People are like, okay, he's going to get drafted high, but what is he going to do in the league? Uh, become the greatest shooter of all time. And arguably greatest point guard ever, honestly. Because, and the other reason why I said that he's 100% top 10. This basketball that we know today, that two, that threes are worth more than twos, It's not. it doesn't exist. You may have... 
you would have had the Rockets doing it the same they did in like 2018. Because, you know, with um, D'Antoni at the helm, you're going to run fast, you're going to shoot more. But that's the only team that's going to do it. The Warriors don't do it. No one else does it. It's the same basketball. It's like, I mean, let's be honest. If Stephen Curry is around, like, Joel Anthony's still probably in the league. As, like, Andrew Bynum is probably still in the league. As these guys, like, who are just dominating. Luka Garza might be, if... If Stephen Curry wasn't around the NBA, Luka Garza might have been number one pick overall. Just because, like, that's who everyone wanted before this whole th- for th- the whole three point revolution. Just crazy to me how it's a debate that Steph Curry's top ten all time. And I'm, we're going into other point guards who are in, who are on the outside, but um. Man, just, he's just good. There's no other way around it. And then for number 10, I have uh, Kobe. Kobe is the most expendable on this list to me. Just because, and I know, like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful at all. I'm just, I mean, obviously rest in peace to, to Kobe. But when you think of what he brought to the game... Other than electrifying scoring when he was pretty much doing an entire spite tour on Shaq in like 2005. What exactly did he bring to the game? Like his shoes are like the second most popular shoes of all time. It's the most popular among players today. But it's just like... It's a clear impersonation of Jordan, which there's nothing against it. I mean, he he's by far the best impersonation we've seen. But it's like, it's a style we've seen before. It's not like he brought anything new to the game. It was, I mean, that Lakers 3P, it was Shaq's team. There's no question about it. Kobe came in at about, I think that 2001 or 2002 year, and that was when it was like, okay, Kobe is in contention for having it be his team. I mean, in 2000, like, Kobe was, he was good. I mean, he was an all-star, but no one thought of it as his team. It was Shaq's world. It was Shaq, Phil, and then Kobe. And... Again, I feel so bad saying this just because, you know, he's he died in a tragic way, but it's just like he didn't bring that much to the game. And I hear people say, well, you know, like Kobe needed so-and-so. It's like everyone needs someone. Everyone needs a good sidekick to win a championship. Not even a good sidekick. They need a great player to win a championship. Jordan had Pippen. They had, and then they had to have a rebounder, Horace Grant, or Dennis Rodman in order to win. They did. We had Duncan with Ginobili and Parker. They were very good. 
Garnett needed Pierce and Allen and Rondo. LeBron needed Kyrie and Wade and Bosch on two different teams. And, and Kevin Love. But it's just like, I get it. Kobe needed Powell to win those two championships. But it's just like, I understand. I, I understand it. Everyone needs someone. I'm not dissing him on that. It's just, what did he do to the game? Other than give us a second version of Michael Jordan, which was very entertaining. The 81-point game, that stretch where he was scoring 50 points for, averaging 50 points for a month. Very impressive. I get it. But it's just, I don't know what he did for the game that wasn't a Michael Jordan impersonation. So that's why Kobe, I think he can be knocked off this. If anyone on this list is going to be knocked off, it's going to be Kobe first. Stephen Curry can still climb. LeBron can still climb. But Kobe, I you, I mean, he obviously can't go up anymore, but I think he'll be out. I mean, maybe in a couple years. We don't know. There's just a lot of very good players that could work their way into a top ten. So when it comes to my honorable mentions, I saw a lot of people saying Jerry West, and I get it. Jerry West is the logo. He's the logo. I don't know. West was very good, right? I mean, they went to like eight championships. He only won one. And I've said it before, winning doesn't necessarily matter, but when you lose as much as Jerry West did... Just somewhere you look at it, you're like, man, was he really that great? I get it. He ran into the Celtics every year. But he had Elgin Baylor on his side, and he still couldn't win. So one of those things where I wasn't sure. And also, if it was up to me, I've been vouching this for years. Kareem Skyhook needs to be the, the new NBA logo if they do get a new logo. Just because... He scored 38,000 points with it. It's the most unstoppable shot ever. And it's something that I know has faded into obscurity. But it's still a shot that people talk about. It's just something that people won't do anymore. Oscar Robertson, it pained me not to put him in the top 10. But when you look at the one thing everyone says about Oscar is that he averaged a triple-double in the season. Hadn't been done before, hadn't been done since. Well, it has been done since. Russell Westbrook did it. So, to me, I get it. That record stood for 50 years, but at the same time, when Westbrook did it, it dialed Oscar back a little bit. And I get that if you average Oscar Robinson's first five seasons, he averages a triple-double. I understand. Again, wildly impressive, but he's on the outside looking in. I'm not saying he's like 20th of all time. But when Westbrook did it, everyone started talking about Oscar, 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 Westbrook, Oscar, and Westbrook. That brings down West. It brings down Oscar Robertson a little bit, just because that's the one thing everyone talks about when you talk about the Big O. Uh, Shaq, the most unstoppable player of all time. 
But at the same time, that's also Wilt Chamberlain is one of the most unstoppable players of all time. He's another snub. I think they cancel each other out. Just, I really think that they do just because. When there's a debate saying like, oh man. When Shaq did this, Wilt wouldn't have had a chance. Well, Wilt done this, Shaq wouldn't have had a chance. It was just, just like. Okay, so you're discrediting both of them. To me, they're out. And I think that's why I had LeBron so low on the top 10. He's at 8. MJ's at 1. They're compared to each other all the time. And everyone just rags on LeBron. I think that played a part into it. And then finally, another honorable mention, CP3. I don't know if this is... This might be based on what everyone's been saying over the past week about CP3 is that he chokes all the time. He's not clutch. He's only made it to one NBA Finals. And I think I think it's justified in some parts just because the people he's compared to for best point guard of all time made it to the Finals more than once. They won a couple times. Isaiah Thomas won twice back-to-back. We want it back-to-back. Magic, even though they're not the same type of point guard, he's a a true winner. Stephen Curry, again, not the same style of point guard, but a true winner. John Stockton made it to to two NBA Finals. I mean, he didn't win, but he made it there twice, losing to Jordan twice. I mean, what are you going to do? So with that... CP3, I think he's on the outside looking in. But in terms of point guards, I mean, he's behind Jerry West, Oscar Robertson, Stephen Curry. Might even throw in Isaiah Thomas before CP3. But I just want to talk about that just because everyone's been ragging on CP3 over the past week. And um, some of it's justified, not all of it. I mean, he's clearly the best traditional point guard of all time. But, um, yeah, th- this past week has just been rough if you're a CP3 fan. It's just been terrible for you. And uh, the media's going to keep going at it. It'll be it'll be the number one highlight on, a, like, an NBA countdown in October. So, like, so, do you think the Suns will come back from a, a terrible loss to the Mavericks? And you're like, I, who cares, honestly? Like, people, teams lose. It's a step back for sure. Um, Maybe talk about the Lakers and how they're going to do. But, um, yeah. With that, I believe that's it for this week. Hey, some rain happened. Uh, Power did not go out yet. Knock on wood. Um, Yeah, so that'll be it for this week. Um, Let me know what you think of the top ten and if anyone should be placed in a different spot, if some some people in the honorable mention deserve to be in, I don't know, just let me know. So, um, yeah, with that, that'll be it for this week. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, at DEverhard00, and we will talk to you next week. Peace.
Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.